Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. 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 I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. How are you doing this morning, this afternoon? I just say you see it's been a long day. Let me start with you, Charles. How are you hanging in there? Yeah, the semester is over. The semester is over. Uh, you know, now we are, are full-fledged into Christmas golf, so looking forward to it. <laughs> Sounds like you must have got all your grades in. Yes, yes, all my grades are posted. Oh, man, I'm... I'm- I'm doing good. Still trying to wrap up the year um, with this and that and what have you. You know how it is when you get to the end of the year, you got to wrap up this and that. But uh, got the boys, the boys fluid in town, and we're going to get a little golf in this Friday as well. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. That being said, uh, before we get into the form- introduction, uh, Charles, how was your weekend in Atlanta? Oh, it was tremendous. Tremendous weekend. Uh uh, when you talk about uh, all the interviews that we were able to get done uh, over the weekend, the band of the year competition, which is a whole other story <laughs> that, 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 that we could go get into. But uh, it was a tremendous weekend. But more than anything, uh, getting the opportunity to see your colleagues in this uh, uh, HBCU uh, media uh, business uh, was really fulfilling. So really enjoyed the weekend tremendously. With that being said, Mike, how was your? Man, uh, just to echo what Charles is saying, whenever you get to meet with fellow HBCU media, it's becoming quite the fraternity in and of itself. So you get an event like this and you get us all together and we get to share in person versus, you know, over multimedia. That's that's one of the biggest benefits 
The other thing that I can't, you know, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention is the familial um, environment. Um, I always take the opportunity at about the third quarter, just get a feel for how the crowd is. And it was always good. I have video of arguments between Southern folks, TSU folks, A&T folks, <laughs> Valley folks, Alcorn State, all were present at the game. So it's good to see other SWAC folks continuing to support this game and even being caught up in a lot of the uh, sideline argument and jostling and back and forth. Uh, I think that was good as well for me uh, and one of my major takeaways as well. Get a little more into that, Mike. I see every year, at least for the last two, maybe third, three years, you decided to exit out of the press box and you go partake a little bit in terms of sideline. I think in Charles did it. Uh, a year ago, two years ago, I think um, he did that. Um, give me a little more in terms of what you see going down in the atmosphere versus what we are doing and trying to cover everything in the press box. Well, what what you don't get a feel for in the press, press box is those game time attitudes by folks and the cheering by folks that don't have teams at the, at the game. You saw basically TSU folks rooting really hard for FAMU. And then you saw all, then you saw that competition stop. And then they talked about the bands and then you get closer to the field and you see, you know, parents and generations of folks dancing to the music, you know, and, and really get into as the band struck up, you know, really getting into the band. You can't get that feeling in the press box. You can't get it if you walk up and down the aisles or just stop in a pocket of a group of folks on the sideline that are just talking or up in the stands that are just talking. You you, you just can't get that in the press box where they tell you, hey, you can't cheer. You can't do this. You, you're not even supposed to argue. Now, that's never stopped me, but <laughs> needless to say. Uh, you you can't get that feeling that in that energy uh, unless you go down into the audience, go down, take a look, or walk on the field, take a walk up in the stands and something near some of the some of the clubhouses, and you'll see folks just dancing and arguing away, and it's one big fat swack meag family reunion. Charles, mm. so going yours a little bit in terms of what that looks like, not necessarily in the stands, but your perspective of being on the field in terms of what that is like as you were a year ago? I mean, you can feel the tension. You can feel the tension of the game time decisions, um, uh, especially sometimes knowing what plays are going to be called, knowing what defenses are going to be called. And uh, just from that standpoint of looking to see who was going to execute and, and see what would happen. But but you feel the angst. Uh, you felt the angst from the Jackson State crowd uh, last year in terms of, of uh, I, I go back to that last drive where Jackson State had to tie it. Uh, to just send it to overtime, and it was it's almost indescribable uh, in terms of just kind of being on the uh, on the edge of sanity, if you will, but the guys were making plays, and then for uh, Travis Hunter to make the, the touchdown catch in the waning seconds, you know, it was it was just an unbelievable experience, and then to go through the high and the low there in overtime, you, you really felt it. I mean, it, it really felt almost as though a weight was on your chest. And and I, and I laughed because I said, uh, I, coming into this year's Celebration Bowl, although Jackson State wasn't here, I, I, I just, I had a chance to kind of sit back and look around and enjoy uh, a lot more of it um, uh, in, in regards to just uh, the atmosphere of the game itself and being back up in the press box. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, welcome to episode 472 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bitzer. Uh, the show and podcast is, that is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. For institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, and facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, coming from our home studios and sending a signal live, Case Waste 1230 AM Studios, with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, let's get into some of the news of the day. Let me start with you, Charles. What's on your mind? Yeah, obviously. Well, we'll start with this. If you were under a rock, we'll tell you who won the Celebration Bowl. The Florida A&M, they won the Celebration Bowl over Howard to capture the HBCU <laughs> national title. And it was uh, after winning the first ever Division One AA championship game uh, 45 years ago. FAMU once again reached the mountaintop, beating the Howard Bison 30-26. to The win is just the second for the SWAC in the Celebration Bowl snapping. A five-game loser streak. Florida A&M's running back Kevin Dean. He was named the offensive MVP after finishing with three receptions for 87 yards and two touchdowns. SWAC offensive player of the year, Jeremy Musa, accounted for 289 yards, 19 of 32 passes, and scored three touchdowns. John Marie uh, Sharid, he hauled in five receptions for 56 yards on touchdown while also registering a 48-yard punt return. And Marcus Riley, he gave the team a boost on special teams with a 41-yard kickoff return. And SWAT Defensive Player of the Year, Isaiah Major. He was named the defensive MVP, posting six tackles, a tackle for a loss, and a game-sealing interception. So kudos go out to Rattler Nation for bringing home the Celebration Bowl trophy for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Good stuff, good stuff. Man, that was big-time excitement, big-time plays all over the field uh, in terms of Celebration Bowl. Man. It was good. Emotion, yeah, emotional swings. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, particularly uh, good to see that the damn you rattlers bring it home for the swag. Mike, what is on your mind in terms of news of the day? Not quite as exciting, but quite as intriguing and quite, you know, quite as, you know, raise your eye, you know, Wade broke eyebrows, and you're, you're expecting to see some movement. So Alcorn State University announced that Cedric Thomas as head football coach. Uh, from a number of sources, alcornsports.com, of course, you know, HBCU, uh, Game Day Sports, all had articles. There was a couple of tweets around it if you follow HBCU tweets. Uh, uh, so Cedric Thomas is the new coach announced today. Uh, he becomes the 22nd head coach in program history. Alcorn State University's commitment to our football program and student athletes is unwavering, according to Dr. Tracy M. Cook. I'm thrilled to appoint uh, Cedric Thomas as our new head coach. I believe he's uniquely positioned to continue our championship tradition, his passion for the game, approach the leadership of our students, and his vision for the future will continue to strengthen our culture and excellence as a leader in the SWAC. Interim director, on the other hand, Robert Reigns, is pleased with the appointment of Thomas. We are grateful that Cedric Thomas has agreed to be our new head coach. Uh, Thomas brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the program. 
as an Alcorn alumnus, Coach Thomas is familiar with the face of the program, which I think is important. Having served two stints with the Braves, he aligns perfectly with the culture, has a great command of the program and rapport with the players, and is committed to sustaining a winning program centered on strong academics, community outreach, and high-character student-athletes. Uh, Coach Thomas shared his thoughts on being selected for his new role at the university. According to him, I'm extremely humbled, thankful, and honored for this opportunity to lead the Braves as the new head football coach, said Thomas. I'll continue to build on this foundation that was laid for me by so many leg legendary coaches, players, and staff. And Lord knows we, there's a lot of legendary figures in that statement. We will continue to make the university and alumni base proud of our culture. So congratulations to Coach Thomas who has been named. There's a plethora of reward of rewards in his background. I won't go through all of the details, um, but uh, he has extensive experience, you know, uh, Delta Community College, you know, he's a seasoned leader. Coach Thomas joined the staff in March of 2022 as a, co uh, as a coordinator. So the Cleveland, Mississippi native, CB, I know you know what that is, takes the reins of the programs after a stint as defensive back coach from 2012 to 2015 and defensive coordinator in 2016 and 2017. So, again, uh, congratulations to Coach Thomas as the new head football coach for Alcorn. Yes, and that's the premise that Fred McNair is out as the head coach, looking as he was uh, – considering heading to Texas Southern University, but we'll see what's going on there. We also have an announcement from Grambling. Charles, yep. provide that information. Yeah, Mickey Joseph uh, embraces Elevator Tiger football program. Uh, he's back in familiar surroundings, a well-traveled college assistant who worked at Grambling at one of his many coaching stops in his 25-year uh, career, a return to the school as the program's 15th head coach. And this is a statement from Mickey Joseph here in his introductory press conference. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. I want to thank you guys for believing in me. I want to thank the search committee for believing in me and everybody that's here today. I stand for you today that I'm here to win on the field and off the field. So a uh, big hire for the Grambling State University to get Mickey Joseph into the polls as they try to get back within uh, the upper echelon of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So uh, we got a lot of coaching uh, changes, a lot of coaching hires and whatnot. Good stuff. When we get into these coaching hires, a lot going on, a lot of movement, but it looks like we're closing down. We still got Texas Southern University and Morehouse College out there in terms of uh, looking and going through the process of searching for a head coach. Thing I'll put out here is Celebration Bowl viewership dips to a historic rating low from HBCUsports.com. The latest edition of the Celebration Bowl was the least watched floor, uh, game. Florida AM, 30 to 26, as you know, with the score. Exciting as always, drew a 0 0.9 TV rating, which is the smallest audience of the eight year history of the event, according to Sports Media Watch. It did draw 1.5 million viewers, which is quite bigger than what we've seen in the playoffs, just in terms of a comparison. However, the Celebration Bowl did draw ratings that uh, more than or higher than the Myrtle Beach, New Orleans, and Independence Bowl uh, this past Saturday to give you some indication of what that looks like. North Carolina Central 41-34 upset of Jackson State last season in the seventh installment of the MEAC Swag Bowl drew 2.4 million viewers. 
and feature 1.42 overnight ratings on ABC, according to Show Buzz Daily, to give you some indication of what that looks like. And so that's an update there in terms of the bowl watch and all that is there. With that being said, we're going to get into our first break, come back on the other side. Let's get into some of these final poll rankings. Uh, obviously, mid-major, major division, no surprise at the top. But I want to get these thoughts and gentlemen's thoughts on the top seven poll rankings, including those just outside, to see if there are any question or concerns. There were some changes, both in the mid-major, major division, and I have some data to support to see what these gentlemen say. Stick with me right back after this first break. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, Visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Impress the analytic data with your hip-hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And who the ball, the ball so listen to Professor Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into these poll rankings. I want to see what you think, starting with the mid-major. As you said, no intrigue in terms of the teams moving up the poll rankings, but you might get some thoughts 
in regards to those teams moving down. So I want to get your uh, final uh, mindset on what goes on there with those mid-major poll rankings. Get into it. Let's start with those outside of pro rankings getting the voting. Uh, at number eight, essentially, is Albany State Golden Rams, six and five, six and two, 121 points. Tuskegee Golden Tigers, seven and three, six and two, 116 points. And Allen Yellow Jackets, seven and three, five and three, 112. But let's get into the top seven to see what you think this week. At number seven, Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls. Uh, as they fall in the bowl rankings at seven and four, um, they fall two spots from seven this week, ending the season with 129 points, bringing us to number six. Miles Golden Bears seven and three, six and two uh, overall. They remain in the sixth spot, but jumping all the way up into the top seven at number five is Fort Valley State Wildcats. They finished the season seven and three, six and two, 140 points as they were not ranked, in, but the big win in the Beach Bowl, Florida Beach Bowl, got them into the top seven. Bringing us to number four, Florida State Trojans, finished the season at eight and two, six and 244 points, ranked number four. At number three, Fayetteville State Broncos, eight and two, six and two, 144 points at number four. At number three, Fayetteville State Broncos, eight and three, eight and no, 163 points, remaining in the third spot. No changes at number two. Virginia Union Panthers finished the season, as you know, at 10 and 2, 7 and 1, 180 points. And number one, Benedict Tigers finished the season at 11 and 1, 8 and 0, number nine, 189 points. Remaining number one, second consecutive year of getting it done, undefeated in the regular season. Coach Chinnis Berry uh, taps his career off at Benedict Tigers uh, with the number one ranking. And uh, Dockerville's inside the HBCU mid major division football top seven. The Benedict Tigers are the unanimous number one HBCU mid-major division champions for the final poll. Uh, dropping out this week, as I told you, jumped in Fort Valley State. Dropping out was Tuskegee, and they fall all the way from number seven to actual nine spot based on some changes there. Let me go to you, Charles. First, what are your thoughts in terms of Benedict? As we said, far gone conclusion. But more than that, what are your thoughts about Fort Valley jumping in the top seven and how far? how far they jumped in. Yeah, that, that bowl victory uh, did Fort Valley a world, world of good, jumping uh, into the top seven. So uh, kudos to Fort Valley for that. Um, I, you know, I, I can't say enough about the Benedict program over the past two years. They've been as dominant uh, as what Bowie State prior to uh, in the CIAA. And they did a, a phenomenal job in terms of being the hunted and being able to answer the call, uh, even uh, from some of the tougher challenges in the SIAC. So uh, I think South Carolina State, they hit a home run in terms of the hire with Tennis Berry because uh, we saw what he was able to do at Benedict. So uh, kudos to them for being Dr. Bill's uh, mid-major uh, HBCU national champion. Good stuff, good stuff. Mike, what are your thoughts? Same question in terms of Benedict Tigers, but just as much about Fort Valley jumping in the top seven. No, uh, uh, nothing for me, really, with your top four. Um, I, 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 I think that win and uh, affordable really catapulted uh, Fort Valley. So, uh, I mean, that uh, this is going to be one time I know that I say there's nothing wrong with Dr. Cavill's poll. So, I know you're surprised. But uh, to me, it was Benedict and everyone else, Virginia Union, yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, at the record they finished. Um, uh, no, but no issues whatsoever, especially uh, for about, I, I wonder, could they have jumped further, to be honest? So mm. let me give you some data um, before we close out this segment, just to see if those stats still holding true. When you talk about Benedict, ranked number one, they had four top 10 wins in this final poll. Zero top 10 losses. They did have the one playoff loss. Virginia Union, the Panthers had two top 10 wins, one top 10 loss. Fayetteville State, two top 10 wins, one top 10 loss. Virginia State at number four had zero top 10 wins, but they had one top 10 loss, and they did have one HBCU FCS Division I win. They did have the tough loss as well, Elizabeth City State. And number five, Fort Valley State had two top 10 wins, three top 10 losses. And number six, Miles, had two top 10 wins, two top 10 losses. They also had uh, the one top 10 HBCU Division I win. At number seven, uh, you had Johnson C. Smith, zero top 10 wins, two top 10 losses, one non-conference win against a historic white college. Uh, at number eight, you had Albany State, two top 10 wins, two top 10 losses. At number nine, Tuskegee, one top 10 win, two top 10 losses. Allen had one top 10 win, three top 10 losses. Just to give you some perspective of how the top seven, including the three outside receiving votes, fared in terms of competition when measured by those top 10 rankings and a couple of other components as well. Any final thought after hearing that, Joe? Speaks to the dominance of Benedict. I mean, uh, after hearing that, you know, it's like, wow, you know, that they, they really were that team, you know. So uh, that's that's very impressive, very impressive data uh, that has been gathered uh, with regards to uh, how impressive I thought the Benedict Tigers were this past year. Any final thoughts for you, Mike? No, I go back to my statement. I wonder if Fort Valley could have dropped higher. I didn't have that data, but – you, you can't, to me, to be in the pot, top five, you got to have some top 10 wins. Virginia State, if I heard you correctly, had none, correct? Yep. Virginia State had zero so top that's the only, 10 so that's wins, one top 10 loss. They did have one top 10, I mean, one HBC win. It was not a top 10 in terms of the major division. That was a win against Norfolk State. So I was, so I was kind of eyeballing the records. I didn't have that data to have time to really put it together, but right, I just right. kind of with that win. With that win, could could you make an argument for Fort Valley even jumping up higher over maybe one or two? That's the only – other than that, no no issues with the poll. Good stuff, good stuff. I always love to see after the fact what people think when you do the data in terms of comparison, uh, but that was a little surprise. Well done by everybody. Let's get into our next break. We'll come back on the other side, give you the major division, same framework to see uh, what changes may have happened there. Obviously, the number one ranking is a given. Well, let's see in the rest of the top seven and those hanging outside in terms of the 10 team for ranking. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. 
You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders Scalp Shield Technology. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When it compress the analytic data with your hip hop, if you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love laugh and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yessa yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. <laughs> this is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into the major division poll rankings. Uh, we shouldn't surprise you about the number one, but let's jump right in into it the receiving votes top seven not a, not a lot in terms of what this looks like in those teams we've seen them before but maybe some difference in terms of the top seven uh you have at number eight essentially south southern jaguars are six and five five and 369 points at number nine tennessee state tigers six and five two and four 150 points and jumping into the top 10 this week is south carolina state bulldogs finish the season five and six three and two 147 points uh, last couple of weeks receiving votes was Grambling. Let's get into the top seven. No changes in terms of those in and out, but some changes in terms of where teams end up in final poll rankings. At number seven, Jackson State Tigers finished the season at seven, four, five, and three, 175 points, and they stay in the seventh spot. At number six, mm. Alabama State Hornets also finished the season at six in the same spot they were previously with a record mm. of seven and four and five and three. 180 points. At number five, Prairie View and m Panthers, 6-6, 6-2, six six, six 191 <laughs> points, and they fall a spot at number four. Bringing us to number four, the Howard Bison, 6-6 six six on the season, 41 points, 192 points. Uh, they were previously ranked two, and they dropped all the way to four, two spots. Bringing us to four, Howard Bison, 6-6, six six, after losing <laughs> the Celebration Bowl, finished the season at 6-6, six 4-1, six, the final conference Rank uh, 192 points. As I said, dropped two spots this week after losing the bowl game. At number three, Alcorn State Braves, seven and four, six and two, 120 points. Previous rank five, and they move up three spots uh, this week after the Howard loss and the rearranging in the poll rankings. At number two, North Carolina Central Eagles jumped to number two, nine to three, four and one, 230 points. 
They move up one slot. Number one, Florida and the Rattlers, 12-1, 8-0, 12 first-place votes, 252 points on uh, first-place power ranking. The Florida and Rattlers, unanimous, 2023, number one HBC Major Division champions. Final, not surprising anybody, winning in style, winning the celebration bowl, uh, getting it done. With that being said, I'm going to start with you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of family winning the championship, <laughs> Dr. Bills? Major division football power ranking, but more important than that, I want to know also what do you think in terms of the top set? What in Dr. Scrooge? What in the name of the Holy <laughs> Grinch? <laughs> Who put this power bowl together? First of all, I have no flam you number one unequivocally, but you look at it, I need to understand what the factors are for North for power ranking. North Carolina Central. Lost head to head to Howard. Yes, you can say the record. Lost head to head. They weren't in the. They weren't the champions. They were not in the celebration bowl. Purview ain't in. West SWAC West champs. Yet you have Alcorn State at number three ahead of Purview after a head to head loss late or middle of the season. So I need to understand a little bit. Howard Bison. Yes, they're six and six, but. To their credit, to be the champ, you got to be the champ. They are the MEAC champs. They played in the Celebration Bowl. And for a good half, we're beating Florida a and So I think we need to do some rearrangements between two and five. Mm. Mm. Charles, you saw Mike show out. What do you thought? Purdue has a head-to-head over Alcorn. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the first one that really jumps out at me. Granted, Alcorn, by by virtue of their seventy four uh, record, is is better than Purview's uh, overall record. But PV does have this head to head, and they are the Swag West champions. So, if I'm going to drop Howard, I think you can make an argument for North Carolina Central as, as number two. But I would I, I would slot Howard at three, Purview four, Alcorn five. I can go with that. I can go with that. You, right. you can make an argument for North Carolina Central, but the other two, not head-to-head, no. Well, let me give you some of the factors and see what you think after this. Great dialogue and great first review posts in terms of head-to-head, certainly something that you need to consider. Uh, when teams loses and things of that nature are all great points you make. FAMU, six top ten wins, zero top ten losses. North Carolina Central had one top 10 win, uh, one top 10 loss, one top 25 HBCU, I mean, historic white college win, one top 25 loss that was in the playoffs. He had two uh, D1 non-conference wins as well. Alcorn State, the Brave, three top 10 wins, one top 10 loss, one win, non-conference win against the D1 uh, FCS program, historically white college. Howard had one top 10 win, two top 10 losses, uh, one historically white non-conference win. Prairie View, three top 10 wins, two top 10 losses in terms of their ranking. Alabama State, two top 10 wins, three top 10 losses. Uh, they had a loss to a top 10 D2 program. They did have one D1 non-conference win. That was the HBCU win. As you know, Jackson State, two top 10 wins, three top 10 losses, uh, one D1 HBCU non-conference 
win in terms of those rankings there to give you a little more than in terms of South Carolina State, one top 10 win and two top 10 losses to give you some updates in terms of some of those wins and losses from the teams. Any secondary thought after hearing those wins, losses, Charles Bishop? Previous non-conference losses are, are, are very painful. Uh, yep. You know, uh, I think that that obviously would factor in. Who was Alcorn's non-conference win? It was against McNeese State. McNeese State. State. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, I'll take that for Alcorn. Uh, but I mean, and I, I know Mike probably you put more emphasis on this than any the head to head that that head to head still that that I have to weigh that out with the with the with the Prairie losses out of conference. So for me, probably the head to head it still matters. Good stuff. Good stuff, Mike. Thoughts in terms of after hearing some of the data in terms of the number of top 10 wins, losses, as well as some non-conference wins or losses? I, I, yes, for me, if, you, if you're looking at criteria, I, I first look at head-to-head. Then I, I, I do also look at kind of the strength of schedule. You do it in the form of top 10 wins and losses. I, that I don't disagree with. But when you factor in, to me, more or weighted more is head-to-head, I still think your top four are FAMU, Howard, North Carolina Central, PV, then Alcorn. Uh, you, you could, and I, I agree with Chuck that you can make an argument that North Carolina Central still number two. But that the way they lost, that, that's a hard justification. So uh, those are my top four still, mm-hmm. even with all of that considered. Mm-hmm. Very fair, very fair. It's glad that you all are not in the room in terms of <laughs> developing who needs to be in the celebration bowl, the cricket celebration bowl. And it's a conference winner <laughs> and who wins the end because it's up to you all, particularly if there's a playoff top four. It'll be interesting who gets that top four spot. Uh, Prairie yeah. would be in on balls. Huh. It would be out on mine. Mm. So that's fascinating when you start to think about, you know, how if you expanded the playoffs, particularly just the four teams, yep. uh, we would have some conversation here in terms of who gets that fourth spot in terms of that matchup. So you would have a rematch of the celebration, but would it be a semifinals contest? With Florida A&M against Howard, the other semifinals would be North Carolina Central against Alcorn State. And it looks like, Mike, you had Prairie View where? I had a How bad. far in the top four? Yeah, top four. Mm-hmm. Where, where? I need to know the ranking because it determines on where they're going to do the semifinals. I had, you I had three or four. I had, I had, I still had FAMU, Howard, North Carolina Central, PV4, Alcorn 5. So you would have a third rematch in terms of the semifinals, FAMU, uh, versus Prairie View, and then you'd have North Carolina Central and Howell in a rematch. Mm-hmm. Charles, where did you have Prairie View? I had him, I had him at four. Yeah, I had him top four. You had him in, so same mm-hmm. thing as Mike yeah. in terms of that match. So interesting, mm-hmm. and I thought – that would be a nice case study, and that's why I kind of did it that way, and now you found out why we are not in the back rooms. Uh, but if they ever have a playoff, they can call us, and we'll make sure we'll set up the top four 
teams with our rankings. We'll get it done. With that, mm-hmm. we'll be on the next third break. We'll come back on the side, and we'll have a guest waiting for you to get in and talk a little bit about uh, the championship. Stick with us. Be right back after this break. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. No! 
The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a law, yeah, and who the ball, so listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. You saw a picture there of the championship celebration. That's because the Florida a and Rattlers won the 2023 Cricket Celebration Bowl. And we have the championship head coach. Many accolades continue to come his way, uh, including uh, the national HBCU champions. Many poll rankings. It's going to be consensus in many ways. Uh, which is the statement in itself in terms of just the historic season. A lot of connections. People are making different ones. Uh, 45 years ago, you heard people talk about that at the press conference when FAMU won the first ever Division I AA championship, as it was called at the time. But all those things being said, welcome, Coach Simmons. Uh, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, great to see you again. Oh, How you doing, pleasure. Coach? Hey, Coach, how's it going? Man, it's going well. Congratulations. Put some, yeah, as they say, let me put some respect on the hashtag respect on it. <laughs> the champion is here. The champion is here. How's it feel, though? Man, it feels awesome. You know, it still feels a little surreal, but um, great feeling. Just really, again, proud of the guys, proud of, proud of the staff, the support staff. Just everyone that, that made this possible. You know, it's been a long journey, and, um, you know, championships are hard to come by. And we're blessed to be in a position to to, to be recognized as the 2023 uh, HBCU National Champions. Man, that's pretty good, pretty good. Let me ask one similar question. When did it, when did you feel it? When did it recognize? You know, once the clock ran to zero, I was calling down, once the confetti, once they handed you the trophy, or was it back in the press room? When did it kind of hit home, or was it even like on the bus ride after you hug your family, including your wife? I didn't get a chance to tell her congratulations, so please pass that on. Uh, but with that regards, when did it hit you, or has it hit you? Well, I think when when Terrell got the last first down, um, you know, with <laughs> minute and thirty some on the clock, which at that point we knew they couldn't stop it again, and so. Um, you know, right then it was the realization that uh, unless, you know, not wasn't going to pull a Miami, we were going to kneel the ball and <laughs> get it over with. But uh, but uh, at that moment, that's when, you know, Ray Matthews, uh, who coached me in high school, has been a dear friend for over 25 years, um, you know, who, who uh, uh, assistant chief, of, not chief of staff, but the director of operations, um, and he grabbed me. And just embrace me and hug me. You know, it's just and right then all, all the emotions pulled out. Just because again, you know, he was instrumental in getting me back to FAMU. Um, went to fam, played there. Mm. Knows how you know 
important that moment was for just me, uh, Rap the Nation. That that's when it really hit home. And uh, we had our moment there, and the, the players ruined it by Dawson's both with Gatorade. So, <laughs> and, uh, right, right then, that's when it kind of hit that. Hey, man, this thing we we finally done it. And uh, it's a hard fought game, you know, back and forth game, and uh, to be able to pull it out in that fashion, man, what made it all that much sweeter. Uh, now I at least know who to blame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking your talents back to Florida. With that, <laughs> with that being said, before I pass the mic, I know there's never doubt because you can't allow it to seep in. Coach players, uh, when you're playing for the ultimate prize. Uh, but going through uh, the emotions of a roller coaster of a game, what did you lean on when you said, hey, these are the things that we need to do? We know things may not be going here or a couple of big plays were called back uh, these, which had to be emotional roller coaster in itself. Uh, but lean on to allow you to say, hey, this is we got to play a full game and we'll let it stand, whatever happens after that. Yeah, uh, just like you know, I, I've told the team many times this year, you know, when when uh, times get hard, when adversity sets in. You know, you, you lean on your foundation. Um, you know, we we all grew up hearing the story of the three little pigs, you know, and, and we said we want to build our house on a solid foundation. And and when the winds come blowing, that's what sustains it. And so our seven Fs uh, is what you got to lean on. The first one of those is faith. And so, you know, right out the gate, you go down 14 nothing. you got to believe. You know, you got to have faith. And uh, we went into the fourth quarter. You know, it was a big fourth and six, you know, probably one of the biggest plays of the game. And uh, we have our ritualistic deal where we all come together as a team. And, you know, one of the guys leads us, you know, yells out fourth quarter and the team recites the back, says our quarter. And we say it a few times. And so right when we got done, I just asked them all, do you believe it? Like, do we believe that this is our quarter? And, and so that that overall belief and faith that you, you, you prepared yourself for this moment, uh, you, you, you're ready. You know, that's what it boils down to. And then everything else follows from there. You know, so I never doubted it. Um, it's a 60-minute football game. That's why they play 60. They don't – and I, I told the team, you know, I used many analogies, but I used the one that, hey, you, we've all played the game of football and we've seen and watched football and we've seen guys make big plays and break long runs and they get down and want to show off and drop the ball like they're going into the end zone. And you've seen a few times they actually drop the ball before they cross the line. And I asked them all, how many points did those guys get for those drops? None. You don't get a point for getting to the line. You get credit for going through the line. And so, you know, they don't they don't hand out a, a there's, there's not they're not four trophies that they give in a championship game. You don't get one for winning the first quarter, then one for winning the second quarter, and the third. You get a trophy at the end because the team that finishes is the one that gets the prize. And so for us. We always wanted to make sure that we kept ourselves in that mindset that we just have to continue to, to play good football, strain, you know, fight, compete, believe, and, and in the end, we'll come out victorious. And we were able to do that 12 times this season, and, and that's a testament to the guys' belief in what we do and what we talk about, you know, and I didn't see a lot of panic. That was the thing I was most impressed about. We went down 14 nothing. I didn't look on the sideline and see a lot of panicking. I didn't see guys starting to bicker and, and they're starting to divide. I, I heard guys saying, hey, we've been here before. Hey, remember Texas Southern? You know, yep. so we kind of drew back to those experiences. Mm. To remember, yeah. hey, we've been down before. And mm. so we didn't panic. We went in at halftime, down six. And I literally told the guys at halftime, guys, we probably played our worst half of football <laughs> and we're down six. And so we just 
get back to who we are, we'll be fine. And the guys, you know, took heed to that, and we were able to go out the second half and play, uh, start to get some momentum going. Didn't score in the third quarter, but we started to move the ball a little bit, really shut them down offensively. And then in the fourth quarter, we were able to bust it open with three touchdowns there. So, again, just just proud of the guys, man, for just how they persevered, not just in that championship game, but all season. Because, again, that game was kind of a microcosm uh, of what this entire year has been like for us. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with the champion, Coach Willie Simmons, uh, after winning the Cricket Celebration Bowl 30-26 over the Howard Bison. Uh, as Howard Bison closed the season at 6-6, six and six, and you closed the season at 12-1. and one. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles, and let you ask a follow-up question. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, Florida A&M, story, tradition, Tremendous history. Uh, in a lot of ways, Coach Simmons, you, you're a student of that history and that tradition of FAMU. But and I wanted to ask, was there a congratulatory call or text uh, that you got over the past couple of days that really, uh, you know, put a big smile on your face? Well, yeah, there, there were actually a few of them. You know, obviously, I got the traditional friends and family congrats. You know, I got some congrats from some of my former colleagues, uh, former coaches that I played under. Um, but the, the first one I, I was able to, to FaceTime Rudy Hubbard and mm-hmm. have a conversation with him. And, you know, and he, he, he was candid about, you know, me, me giving him a little bit of high blood pressure that first quarter, and, <laughs> and, um, but just congratulated <laughs> us on, <laughs> on how we, you know, just finished the game in the season. You know, he, he follows us closely. Um, he's very proud of the work that we've done here. So that meant the world. And then, you know, uh, yesterday, you know, I got a call, a text from Joe Taylor. You know, oh, wow. Saying congratulations. And so Billy Joe, Joe Taylor, you know, that, that when, when I'm able to hear from those legendary coaches who've been there, you know, Sam Washington, you know, Broad Broadway, all those guys congratulated me uh, on the win. And, and and those type of things are really what makes, uh, you know, my heart swell because, again, those legendary coaches are recognizing the good work that we're doing here at FAMU. No doubt. And then you get your Celebration Bowl red jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, you know, Trey kind of gave me uh, some information that, that didn't make me feel so well. I, I saw him in the in the lobby. Um, I think it was either Friday night or Saturday. I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, but he said he had just come from dinner because I guess the initiation for the new coach is that they got to treat the other coaches to dinner. And so, uh, <laughs> no, uh, don't don't worry about my mistake. I just need the money for a mistake because I'm about to spend it on them <laughs> next year. I wonder why you didn't show up for our steak dinner. We said <laughs> so. Please let the people know we did go out to steak Saturday night. We sent you pictures uh, to verify that a very fine steakhouse. Charles picked it out, found it, had you know extra seat and everything. Had two of them, just in case you don't need to bring the wife. We wanted to be fair, chivalry. We we knew that. We we got it done. Reservations and everything, Coach. We sent you pictures, so you know this. So just make sure you tell the people. But I understand. You're right. Since you're going to have to go dig in your deep pocket as if you're not going to have bonuses coming now, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of that with the coaches and let the coaches know it's on us. Mike, with that being said, before we take this next break and come back and see you on the other side and, and ask some further questions, Coach, go ahead and ask your question, Mike. I uh, just want to tip of the hat. Notice it's neutral because it's not Rattler Orange. Remember, I just want you to know you went on record and promised me a Rattler visor. So I'm going to keep this neutral. Now you're going to get one with championship on it. Now I'm going to keep one. 
I'll pay for that thing. <laughs> so, uh, Coach, I, I think this is kind of a tee off of uh, Dr. Conville's question. Um, to do the ebb and flows of the game, it was up and down. You know, I never saw you guys get flustered. You know, I have a tendency to leave the press box and go down just to get a feel. You guys never look flustered. Probably the most one of the most crucial moments is as Musa, you know, he had that pick six. He turns around and goes to the sideline. He didn't look he looked frustrated, but he didn't look down. You know, can you tell us what were your words to him or if any or guidance to him, if any, because he came right back in and jumped right and here he goes. We score, you know, you know, I don't know how many minutes after, but it was almost like he forgot. Yeah, no, I mean, I coach, I don't know if that was for the swag or if he a fan, you fan now. He said, We scored. He I said, We. <laughs> <laughs> you caught that, right? I said, I We. Love I love it. I love it. No, um, you know, when 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 they threw the interception, man, that, that might have been honestly one of the calmest times that I, I was the entire game. Um, mm. You know, it, because it was just a miscommunication, you know, uh, a misassignment from from the, the tight ends, um, you know, on the block and on the perimeter. And so brought them all over, you know, talked through. I said, we probably won't run it again, but, hey, just in case, this is how we handle that situation. But I said, hey, we're good. And really, that was all I said to them. We're, we're good. We get the ball back. You know, let's go answer. And uh, and so, right, like I said, you saw the maturity of the team right then. You know, like I said, offensive line didn't panic. Uh, it was an RPO. So you know, you know, offensive lineman. Anytime there's a run pass option and you you don't hand it off and something bad happens, they typically go yeah. crazy. You know, but in that particular situation, nobody said had anything slick to say. It wasn't a you know run the D ball moment. Um, everybody was just on the same page. Like, hey, we're good. Let's go get this thing. You know, we work for this. We practice for it. Wow. You know, we're not in two minute mode. Like it's not a pan. It's still six minutes up on the clock or whatever it was. We have plenty of time. And uh, wow. you know, so we're able to get the ball, move it down. Uh, you know, hit some plays there and get us in position to run the flea flicker. And, and again, man, the guys did a great job of just selling down and executing and, and answering uh, what what could have been a very, very critical moment in the, in the football game. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Great. There, you talking about the Houston Rockets as they were going for their second repeat. They talked about never get the, the heart of a champion. Sounds like as you were going for this inaugural championship, it was the mind of a champion. So great point in terms of we you brought out there let's take this last break we'll come back on the other side have some final questions for coach simmons and then we'll get out of here right. that's a pretty tight spot watch this of course your view parks itself that's so you it's just up here on the right of course you know where we're going that's so you kind of got a sixth sense and a head of display they're here Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. From the press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, because he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We're here with the SWAT champion, cricket celebration champion, HBCU national champion, Coach Willis Simmons of the Florida and the Rattlers. Give it up to him. Um, cigars on us as well. Charles, go ahead and follow up with your question. 
Yeah, real quick, uh, and, and Doc and I we kind of uh, talked a little bit about this after uh, the, the the celebration bowl, but uh, not a lot of quarterbacks coming back uh, uh, next year in the swag, and, and it's, it begs the question: like, where do we go from here with regards to Florida a program? Uh, you mentioned the maturity of the team, but uh, what's the next step for the Florida a program? Well, obviously, the next step is tomorrow. Uh, you know, early signing period starts tomorrow, and you know, we have some young men that we're, we're very excited about, you know, bringing into the fold. And so just like last year, you know, we're going to be aggressive in the transfer portal. Uh, there's some positions that we feel we need to, feel, uh, to, to you know, feel right away. Uh, quarterback is at the top of that list. And so we have a, a, a few quality young men that, we, that we've that we evaluated that we feel really good about uh, that we feel will be able to come in this spring and compete. You know, right now, Junior Muratovic uh, is the incumbent. Uh, but we look forward to a fierce competition uh, between him and the guys we bring in, as well as the other guys that, that are already on the roster. Um, the offensive line, uh, we, we, we're going to bring maybe one or two guys in. Uh, fortunately for us, we only lose one starter, Cameron Coven, our right tackle. And uh, the other four starters return. And uh, we get Jalen Goss back for, for, for a, a six-year um, because of a medical hardship. So our starting left tackle, who was first-team preseason all-conference, uh, will return. And so that's huge for us. Uh, we got to we got we to gotta make some uh, production up at wide receiver. You know, we lose a lot of catches, a lot of yards. And uh, but again, you know, good thing about being in the state of Florida, uh, there's no shortage of, of, of long, fast, athletic guys that can run and catch. And so yeah. good about the, the ability to to go out and attract uh, quality receivers to to you know, be able to throw the ball that we become accustomed to. The probably the biggest need is interior defensive line. Uh, we lose a lot of guys on the interior defensive line. We only return two. And so we've been really aggressive uh, in that regard. You know, we picked up a couple of commitments here the, the last couple of days. And so, you know, that's where it starts. I mean, you, you, you play the championship game on Saturday, and then Saturday is four days later. <laughs> so yeah. there's no, not a whole lot of time to rest. Uh, you're right back in the office. You're on the phone. You're, you're evaluating film, you know, and, and doing all those things that it takes to, to, to continue to grow your program. So, like I said, it's not a rebuild. Uh, it's more of a reload because we, we do have some really good players returning. You know, you got mm-hmm. guys like Johnny Chaney and Kelvin Dean, um, again, the offensive lineman that we're bringing back, Kendall Bowler, you know, mm-hmm. uh, General Hunt, Anthony Dunn. I mean, we do have some star power. You know, a lot of those all-conference performers that we had this year are returning. And so the cover's not bare. Uh, we just have to, have to fill some spots. But that's every team in the country. So we're excited about signing day tomorrow, uh, excited about signing day in February, and we feel like we'll be able to go out and continue to, to, to grow this program by bringing quality young men into the fold. No doubt. Yeah, Mike. Uh, no, uh, <clears throat> coach. Real simple. Uh, I know you're going to hit the recruiting trails hard, but if you you know look back over this last year, and and now you're starting the rotation again, um, I know your approach is 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 phenomenal. But is there anyone anything that you tweak or do different going into this year, knowing you you may have a different mix of players? Yeah, I think every year you you go in and and you look at yourself introspectively and you do an assessment. You know, we're 12 and one, you know, we're going to finish in the top five in the country uh, at the FCS level. Uh, but obviously we didn't do everything perfectly. So we'll, we'll look at, you know, our, our schemes every year. Um, I, I study, you know, other teams and try to, and try to get at least one thing that we can add uh, to the fold to make us maybe a little bit more dynamic or, or hard to defend. Uh, we do the same thing on the defense side of the ball in this special team. So right now with the season just ending, uh, it's too premature to, to, to really say we look back. I mean, I'm, I'm still looking at the Howard game. 
still kind of compiling my you know, end of the season cut ups to to really start looking at ourselves and what we've done. And uh, but yeah, it's always a goal to to you, you can't say the same. You know, I said that yeah. Thursday in the in the, in the luncheon. Um, I echo those sentiments uh, in my coaching show on Monday. You know, no one ever stays the same. You know, you either get better or you get worse. And so for us, you know, we had, we aspire to get better. So that means continuing to, to to grow and develop the program. And if you look at us offensively, we're drastically different in 2023 than we were in 2018, schematically. I mean, that's what yeah. we do a lot now. The core is still there. Uh, we still run the same base runs and some of the same base concepts, but the presentation is drastically different. The personnel groupings are drastically different. And so, you know, we didn't play in any empty formations this year. I don't think we had one snap of empty. Well, depending mm. on who we bring in at quarterback or if Junior Murray Toby wins the job or one of those other guys, maybe that's something we look into. You know, we, we didn't do a lot of unbalanced formations. You know, so there's always ways to tweak things, but you just got to be smart if you don't add too much without taking some things out. And and there were some plays that we practiced this year that we didn't run. And we got to look and see if it's, if it's worth bringing those plays back. You know, so I think that's all part of the evaluation process for yourself. And uh, but we'll definitely, you know, work hard in the offseason to to make sure that when we come back and touch the field again next August for the um MEAC SWAC challenge, that we're not the same, we don't look the same as we did, you know, four days, three days ago. Sure. Interesting. You ended in uh Atlanta and now you start in Atlanta. I know a lot of times people are talking about starting in Atlanta, ending in Atlanta. You get to end, start, and then try to end it again in Atlanta <laughs> as repeat champion. <laughs> Uh, which we haven't seen in a while. But with that being said, I know you um, hadn't fully had a chance to review the Howard game, as you talked about, and time moves fast. But have you had any time to reflect? And if that's the case, what are your top one or two uh, moments uh, thus far that really has stuck out to you regarding this season? Uh, the entire season? Yes. Um. Obviously, the Orange Blossom Classic, you know, what was a sorry, sorry, Charles. I'm sorry. I, I, oh, what? What? It wasn't. It wasn't intentional. It, it's not intentional. He asked. The, he asked the question of being honest. <laughs> so did not, did not. I saw your face expression change. I apologize. It really. It really wasn't the shooter jab. <laughs> it was an honest uh-huh. answer. Um, but no, just you know, just the the, the Orange Blossom Classic, the opening kickoff. You know, the opening kickoff against uh, against Jackson, the Orange Blossom Classic. It really set the tone and the momentum for our season. I mean, what better way to open the season? I don't think I've ever been a part of a team to open the season with a kickoff return for a touchdown. So just how it ignited our team. I mean, I thought I think we always had the belief going in that we had a chance to be a really good team, but it, it, it almost seems like that kickoff like stamped it. Like it's it solidified, like, yeah, this is this is a different team. Like we're the team of destiny this year. So, you know, that moment was was definitely um uh, uh special. Um, the 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 post ball against Texas Southern, you know, when we were down fourteen nothing and couldn't you know, nothing seemed to go right, and uh, we hit the big post ball to Jamari Gassett, you know, before halftime. Um, same thing. It's like once 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 he made that catch and scored. I mean, it's almost like everybody took a deep breath. Like, okay, yeah, let's go play ball now. You know, <laughs> and again, this team is just weird like that. Like they they kind of have those moments, you know, and then obviously in the championship game. You know, uh, when when uh, you know, probably the biggest moment was the uh, was the, the fourth down conversion. You know, going into the mm. fourth. I mean that yeah. 
You know, people don't talk about that play very much. They talk about the flea flicker. They even talk about the throwback to Moose that got called back. Um, yeah. Talk about the wheel route to 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 woo down the sideline, but that fourth down conversion was 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 critical. I mean, Moose huge. sat in the pocket. He threw a ball in the window as tight as I've seen. Kamari made a phenomenal catch, caught it, made, and the guy hit him as soon as he caught it. He hung on to it, and um, and we drove down and scored on that drive, and and you know went up. And once we took the lead on that drive, kind of same thing. You just kind of felt like, okay, yeah, it, this is gonna happen. You knew the defense was jailing at the time. Howard didn't really have an answer for them, and uh, we just felt that they, they're not gonna put the ball in the end zone again. You know. Mm. And, they did. We, we gave them one on offense, but their their offense didn't see the end zone again um, after that. You know, after that point. So those those are probably the three moments that stick out the most in my mind. Um, there are a ton of great moments in the season, but just off the top of my head, you know, those three moments really, really resonate. That, that it kind of speaks to the momentum shift that this team went through this year. Mm. I, I would have led with the Texas Southern play. <laughs> What? <laughs> I would have led with I would have led, led with the Texas Southern play. Yeah, I mean, the score before halftime that was huge. But, <laughs> yeah, go go ahead and have your orange blossom classic moment. Right? <laughs> 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 Boy, I tell you, I tell you, I can't wait to get to the X Wack Challenge in in August to see where Charles is going in. <laughs> Get good again. Wow. If I could just see, man, if you could just capture Chuck's Chuck's emotions on screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, uh, we won't hold up any more of your time. I know you have a lot of things that you're trying to get done, and some of those include being recognized again as a champion. Well done. In all seriousness, we want to provide you accolades uh, for doing that. We've seen you literally. Um, climb up the mountain, if you would, in terms of starting at least in the swag with us in terms of the offensive coordinator, uh, your travails at Caribbean m University, uh, the valleys, ups and downs at Florida A&M, literally reaching the mountaintop in such fine fashion. And the tough thing about it for us that are outside of just pure fandoms of this is we know that you're just getting started. <laughs> so yeah. we gotta deal with that. Yeah. Number number one number one topic in the per number one topic in the purview chat. We gotta deal with that. Again, we want to say congratulations and we thank you for uh, going out of your way to make sure that we get a chance to uh, get some time to share what our fandom about your thoughts on this season and more than that, just football and the life of individuals that you're making a difference in. So we thank you so much for that. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cabello, Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Bosch and Charles Bishop. Uh, again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Bosch and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday. Six o'clock, and we look forward to next Thursday as we get into the lab and get into some more discussion. We'll start seeing if we can shift things into basketball, and then you know it. We even got some early baseball where fam yep. you ended the season last year as a champion, so they're kind of booking things in on the men's side of sports. We'll see if somebody can stop this train of rolling and the heels, as they like to say, uh, over there in Tallahassee. 
Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-D-I-L. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I know that's the highest of seven years. We got a hill over here in Alabama and in the Daily Prayer. You really I, I got you. We got a little more. I know my HBCU history. I know it. I got you. Nobody didn't say that. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab on Facebook, YouTube. With that, let me give you a final uh, thought, Simmons, before we do our official close. Well, no, nah, man, it, it's, it's been um, an amazing ride this season, you know, and, and again, I want to thank Rattler Nation just, you know, for their support. Um, you know, it, it was great to see, uh, to see it on green in the stands, just in the city of Atlanta, uh, the excitement, you know, that we still share, uh, you know, it's a special feeling, you know, so again, really, really excited about the direction of the program, um, you know, the, the leadership that we have uh, under Dr. Robinson, uh, uh, Vice President, Director of Athletics, Tiffany Don Sykes. Uh, their leadership team. Uh, again, I can't do this alone, and, and it takes support. It takes a full commitment from everyone involved, and uh, and that's why this thing is so special. Because when we talk about that family, uh, it, it includes everyone, you know. So again, just honored to to lead this great program. Uh, blessed to be in this situation, and and you know, in all seriousness, I, I really su- uh, appreciate the love, the support, uh, the friendship, you know, that we all share. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're rivals once a year. But, you know, 364 days out of the year, you know, I value that friendship and it means the world and, and, and genuine relationships is what this thing is all about. And I truly appreciate it. So, you know, happy holidays to, to not only you guys, but everyone listening in. Uh, enjoy yourself. Be safe. Um, you know, continue to support the SWAC. You know, it was great to see all the other teams and logos there at the game. Uh, as always, oh, you know, yeah. this, was, this was SWAC versus MIAC. And uh, we, we we finally brought the trophy back home to the MIAC, uh, to the SWAC and you know, we don't intend to give it back anytime soon, you know. So that's a challenge to the other 11 head coaches here in the conference. You know, of course, we're going to work hard to try to run it back. But in the event that we don't, you know, whoever comes out of the conference, uh, they have a tall task to to go in and take care of business and, and, and bring the trophy back home. So, again, um, just thankful to, to, to be in this spot and uh, also always honored to be on with you guys. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Thank Green you. Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Course, Mike. Lecture. Champion Coach Simmons dismiss. Cigar to you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Appreciate <laughs> you coming.